Hey, it's Friday, which means another episode of our final Friday series. It's the episode we put together at the end of the week to talk about whatever's top of mind for us in business, leadership, entrepreneurship, whatever we're talking about. Hey, this episode is, I got to be honest, it's a weird one because I've literally never had this happen before. And I actually, I've decided for the final Friday format not to record intros, not to really edit it much, uh, but to literally just press record and whatever's there is there. But I got to tell you, something happened with this episode. I have no idea what, but it sounds like I'm roid raging. It sounds like that I just took some protein powder, some creatine, and I'm about to hit the gym because for whatever reason, my mind microphone is super deep. Again, there's no filters. I have a soundboard. There's no filters on here. There's no button that you press that makes the voice deeper. So I have no idea what happened on this episode or why I sound the way that I do. But hey, you know what? It's like 40 minutes of me rambling and I'm not recording it again. Uh, So you'll just have to enjoy it for what it is. Hey, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening. As always, if you like this podcast, feel free to subscribe to it. Definitely leave us a five-star review. And if you're in our Northwest Arkansas area and this podcast has helped you and your business, definitely leave us a Google review. Hey, I hope your Friday is a good one. I hope you're ready to unwind and rest this weekend. Have an awesome weekend, and we will catch you next week. See ya. Hey, it's another episode of the Good Advice Podcast, and today is Friday, which means it's Final Friday. This is my format I put together starting last week, where as I wind down from the week, I really just jump on the microphone and talk about whatever's top of mind for me for business, entrepreneurship, you know, really what have you. And it's getting back to my roots of when I started the podcast about 18 months ago, where back then I had just started my business, Good Advice, and was looking for an outlet to share some of my own perspectives on business. And so I jumped on the microphone, I hit record, and just started talking. And I I didn't really know where the podcast would go. I didn't really know who would listen to it. But just a couple of months ago, hit number 38 in the United States for all entrepreneurship podcasts. Hit something like 250, 260 for all business podcasts in the United States. So it's been pretty cool to see the podcast grow and develop. And in that whole process of running the business and in meeting people and just growing my network, I've kind of gotten away from the bread and butter, the the um, approach I originally took of literally just jumping on a microphone and talking and sharing, and you know that's kind of that's that's pretty um, original me, I guess. Whenever I started this podcast, uh, now if you have been following the podcast for a while. You'll know that I typically have one or two guest episodes a week. That's where I go out and I find just some of the most incredible professionals and really get their story and get their perspective on business, leadership, management, you know, digital marketing, really the whole shebang. Uh, I'm about two weeks behind on that, on getting those published. Uh, I have episodes recorded that literally will fill the calendar all the way through May, but you'll notice I haven't published one in a while. It's been about two weeks now, and that's literally because part of it is, it's two things really. 
so on on March 11th, I had my my baby girl, Maylee was born. She is so cute, so adorable. She's amazing. And originally I had planned on taking about four to six weeks of paternity leave, which is rare for an entrepreneur. It's rare for a solo founder, for a business owner. But fortunately, financially, I was in a good place where I thought I could do that. I mentioned this in last week's episode, but literally the same, it was like the day she was born or maybe the very next day, I'm in the hospital room and one of my biggest clients calls me and says, hey, this coronavirus thing is nuts. We're going to have to delay our contract together, which was a sizable contract for me. It was something that I was expecting to come in the bank account literally at the end of that six month duration. And so all of a sudden I'm, I'm having to work and get out there and drum up some business and was very fortunate to drum up some great business and actually had literally my most profitable week I've ever had in my business. But I, in, in, in all of that, um, I'm a limited person, I guess. And so what's happened is as I've been, I got pretty involved working with some different clientele. And then the podcast, uh, really, you may not know this, but the podcast is not ad funded. I don't have anyone who, I don't have any corporations who, who fund it for an ad slot. Really, the podcast is, is crowdfunded. I have some people who throw some money into it every month just to say, Hey, thanks for what you're doing. And so with that, I, I, basically still edit my own podcasts. I, I, I go through all of it, my own self, all the sound bites that get on LinkedIn or social media. I pull those myself. I edit all the graphics for those things. And it's, it can be kind of time, time consuming, but it's really not a big deal. But I think I hit my, my breaking point with it a couple of weeks ago where I had so much going on with the business I'm getting no sleep at night because of the newborn. And finally, something had to be dropped, I guess. And so all that to say, we do have some guest episodes that uh, we have plenty that are recorded. I just need to get in there and edit them, pull those sound bites, and uh, get going from there. But you can expect the next guest episode to come out literally this next Monday, as well as some sound bites to follow as well. And we'll get right back on schedule. Now, like I mentioned, the whole point of doing this final Friday podcast, it's really just my wrap up for the week. And I don't know, I don't know how your week's been. Hopefully, I, you know, I was talking to a client just yesterday and she was saying, you know, it kind of feels like we're getting close to normalcy again. It kind of feels like uh, we're getting back to normal. Um, I work with the University of Arkansas. I volunteer time with their entrepreneurial office, uh, just devoting time to entrepreneurship students and helping just give my own perspective, help guide them, help mentor them. And yesterday, and this usually happens every semester, but you know, with school out or with classes out physically, we ended up jumping on a Zoom call yesterday. And so I'm on this Zoom call with this class, giving some, some just entrepreneurial insights. And afterwards, the professor emailed me and said, Hey, you know, that was really good. It almost felt like, it almost felt like we're back to normal again. And it's totally different, right? Cause you know, you're not in a classroom. You're not meeting face to face. You're literally on a video call, but it's, it kind of feels like maybe that's where we're headed. Maybe we're getting back to a level of normalcy, a sense of normalcy. I do know that there are still plenty of businesses that are struggling financially right now. 
Uh, I'll remind you that good advice, if you are an actual small business, and when I say small business, I don't mean, you know, this whole PPP loan thing has been pretty funny because it's, it's amazing how many people consider themselves small businesses. You know, they're a $100 million business with 500 employees, and they're like, yeah, we're a small business. We should get a loan. Meanwhile, you have, you know, the mom and pop shops or the single uh, member LLCs or, or what have you who are really struggling. But if you literally are a small business, uh, whenever Corona hit, one of the first things I did was I waived all fees for small businesses. And so if you get on our website, which we got a new website up, by the way, it's awesome. I love it. Get on the website, any of our digital products, um, a, a literal, you know, a custom program working with you one-on-one. -on -one. If you need anything, literally it will cost you nothing. There's no catch to it. There's no caveat to it. Uh, it's literally totally free for biz for small business owners. Uh, and this isn't going to last forever. It's only going to last till we kind of get over this Corona hump. And so if you've been needing help for your business, even if you haven't been really that heavily impacted, uh, I would be honored to lend you a hand and give you a hand. Uh, and, and that's, again, there's no catch to it. There's no follow-up sale to it. It's just, I'm just trying to make sure that our small businesses are able to move forward right now. So... Having said that, it's Final Friday. What are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about, and I'm, I'm trying not to be pessimistic. I'm trying not to be cynical, but it's why is it so hard for people to understand how to retain customers? And it's the thousand raving fans concept. It's the thousand true fans concept that was put together by Kevin Kelly over a decade ago. And it's something that it's, it's a um, specific thing that I like to talk about in my business of if you're going to grow a business, if you're going to actually be profitable, be sustainable, if you're going to be something that makes it 10 years down the road, you have to figure out how to build raving fans. Raving fans, essentially, these are people who are repeat buyers, the people who they love to buy from you. The easiest way to understand this is if you go into a room and you talk about how much you love Chick-fil-A, statistically speaking, half the room is going to love you right off the bat and they're going to think, you're my boy. You get the, you, you and me, we got to grab a chicken sandwich sometime. I mean, they're going to totally get where you're coming from and they're going to feel connected to you because they also love that tasty chicken goodness. The other half of the room is going to hate you because that's kind of how it goes is you have some people who love Chick-fil-A and then you have some people who totally despise Chick-fil-A. Same thing is true about Apple. Same thing is true about Amazon. I mean, you don't have to guess where the raving fans are for Apple. All you have to do is look at a phone release and go to any store the next day and you'll see people lining up trying to be the first one in the store. That's how badly people want it. So we get this concept. It's not a crazy concept. In fact, I was a guest on a podcast. I think it's called the uh, maybe the Wicked Creative Podcast. It's going to be live next week. But I was a guest on a podcast on Wednesday. And we were just talking about what I do for a living. And either I said it or, or one of the hosts said it. They said something like, you know, this concept isn't really that complicated. And I was like, yeah. And that's probably the most frustrating thing is there are these concepts that are so true and so simple to business. And yet it's so rare to see people actually walk these things out. 
So great example of this. Everyone knows that a boss should not scream at their employees. Everyone knows that a boss should not be psycho. Uh, you know, everyone knows the cliche of servant leadership. And yet, it is rare for a leader to actually walk out and demonstrate what true, real servant leadership looks like, where they're actually putting the needs of their employees over their own. So when we talk about raving fans, when we talk about good customer service, it's amazing how often people think that they're delivering great customer service when really they are so desperately far away from anything, any experience that's anything like that. And so I have to admit, today's episode, it's there's a little bit of a personal bias because because I... I've had a pretty negative experience with a certain online tax development company, a company that you can go to and you can pay them money and they will help you do your taxes online. And I'm not going to I'm not going to disparage them by name, but let me just say that they are extremely well known. You've probably used this service. They're probably the most well-known e-filing tax service uh, that you can choose from. But before I get into talking about them, you know, talking about customer service, one of the things that makes Amazon so competitive, it's not, it's not actually the two-day shipping, although that is something that when they, when people first started turning to Amazon, I mean, you were still waiting, you know, five to 10 days for a package to arrive. You know, the two-day thing was totally unheard of. But you know what else makes Amazon competitive? It's the fact that you can return literally almost anything. And I have my hit list of companies that I will never buy from again. But I even remember a my a buddy of mine, a roommate in college, bought a computer off Amazon. It was from Amazon, but it was a name brand of a different company. And this computer did not work from day one. It wouldn't work. And so this name brand company said, hey, we're going to send out a tech support person to you and we're going to fix it. And it's all going to be okay. But it's going to take about a week for this tech support person to get to you. So the tech support person comes out, says this might, this should fix it. Uh, actually, the tech support person is just like a local person. They said, hey, they just, they just mailed me this part. My job is just to put the part in. Hopefully it fixes, fixes it. I don't know. I mean, I'm just replacing the part they asked me to replace. So he replaces the piece, doesn't fix the computer. So we get back on the tech support. It's like a two hour. And, you know, of course, on these national companies, you have to like totally re-explain the whole problem every single time you get on the phone. Go through a two hour call and they say, you know what, we're going to fix, we're going to place a different part. So we're going to send out another part. Tech agent's going to be with you in the next seven to 10 days. So another week goes by, tech support person comes, replaces another part of the computer, doesn't fix it again. And we're kind of like, this is a bit ridiculous. And so we go back to this company. I almost said their name. We went back to this company and we were like, okay, we just want to return it. This is ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's, it has not worked since day one. Like, give us a break. Seriously, come on. And basically they say, well, we want to try to replace one more thing. And so like, all right, that's fine. Send out the tech support person. And this time the person has several parts and basically says, okay, by the time this is replaced, almost everything in the computer will have been replaced at this point, or at least all the main components replaces it. 
Sure enough, it does not work. Well, by the time this person has replaced it, but by the third time this person's replaced it, and by the time we get back through tech support and we're trying to get things figured out, you know, they basically say, hey, we want to elevate this. We'll get back to you. A few days go by. And by the time all of this has happened, it's been just over 30 days. And so a tech support person finally gets back to us via email and basically says, we're, we're closing your case. We've replaced pretty much anything it could be. We figure it must be something that you did. Um, you know, thanks for doing business with us. Goodbye. And we're thinking, you got to be kidding me. Like we, I mean, since day one, this thing has not worked. So we get on the phone again and we're like, okay, hang on. We haven't done anything. It hasn't worked since day one. We just want, we asked for our money back. You said, hang on, let's do one more replacement. We just want our money back. We just want to get the money back. Don't want the computer anymore. Uh, or we want it fully exchanged for the even the same product, but another computer. Cause obviously this one does not work. And this company says, I'm sorry, it's been more than 30 days. We will not refund you the computer and we won't replace it either. That's our return policy. After 30 days, our hands are tied. There's nothing we can do. And I lost it. I mean, I was like, this is so shady, a business practice. I literally cannot believe that you're, that we tried to return it and you're not going to let us return it because now it's been 30 days. And, and part of this is like companies get so large, they lose their sense of customer service. Another side of it is that a lot of businesses don't actually give their employees the autonomy to actually deliver good customer service. And I'll talk about that here in a second. But the bottom line is, it's amazing how many times I talk to people who they say, customer service is my competitive advantage. But then you wonder, is it really? Is it really your competitive advantage? Is it really something? I mean, what are you offering that your competitors are not offering? And what's going to make people remember you? You know, so often we think we're giving great customer service when really we're not. The key to building your 1,000 raving, raving fans, raving hands, your 1,000 raving fans is by offering a customer experience that people cannot get elsewhere. This doesn't mean something incredibly sexy. It doesn't mean something totally over the top. All it means is that your customer felt individualized by you. Perfect example of this. I was working with a uh, insurance agent. I think I mentioned this story before. We were talking about this concept and I said, you need to write handwritten notes to your, insur to your insurance clients or you need to call them and check in not wanting to sell them because what's, you know, what's like the most cliche thing about insurance agents. They only call you when it's time to re up. They only call you when it's time to buy. And so it becomes very impersonal. You don't feel like an important buyer. You realize that my job is just to help you fulfill the sale. And I've been thinking a lot about this a lot lately because especially with coronavirus, especially as people are really feeling the stress on their books. Now is especially the time to think about how are you building those repeat customers? You know, I mentioned I had the most profitable week I've ever had for my business. 
Zero of those profits came from a brand new customer. They all came from repeat buyers because when things got hectic, when things got stressful, those people turned to me and my business to help resolve issues that they were facing. And it's funny because now is not the time to try to build those repeat customers. Now's the time that you are really, you're, you're enjoying the fruits of your labor. Now is the time that you can actually call up those customers who you've built relationships with and, and push them a little bit on the sale and drum up some business from them rather than being out there thinking, okay, now suddenly I need to build a, a brand that customers actually like. And talking about the second example, or really this, this alternative option here, my wife, who she's had chronic back pain for forever. My wife went to a chiropractic office in December and she was going to pay, I think, for three or four um, sessions. First session was such a negative experience, such a trashy, awful experience that she walked out the door and was like, I will never, ever go back here again. So she calls and says, hey, I'm canceling my uh, appointment, my second, third, fourth appointment, whatever. I won't be back. Person says, okay, great. Thank you. And it would have been a great opportunity to be, you know, and, and again, it's, it's sometimes your employees aren't given the autonomy to actually make these kinds of decisions, but it would have been a great opportunity for this person on the phone to say, hang on, well, what happened? Well, I want to know what's going on here. I want to resolve this for you. I want you to know that I value you being in my doors, being in my store. But that didn't happen. Instead, it was, okay, that's great. Thank you. Well, funny enough, this was back in December. Funny enough, last week, she gets a call from this company. And now it's like an, it's like an ex-girlfriend or an ex, an ex-relationship. This person calls and they're like, Joy, hey, we're so sorry that you couldn't make your second appointment. When would you go ahead and like to rebook, the, rebook it? When would you like to schedule the next one? And part of this, by the way, it's there's a sales tactic in here that's really obnoxious. And it's, it's this whole... Um, it's the strategy of you assuming the sale. So it's the person who reaches out to you and says, like the, the cold call who says, hey, I'd love to talk about this offering. And instead of being like, is that okay? They say, do you have time at noon today or is four o'clock better? And so they don't even give you the option of saying yes or no. They just presume it. And ideally, I guess it's supposed to force you into scheduling. What it does for me is it makes me like you less because now I'm thinking, you know, well, you're going in for the kiss and I haven't even, we haven't even met yet. No way. Well, that's pretty much what's happening on this call. You know, they call Joy and they say, hey, you know, and they're real, real bubbly and positive. We're, you know, we saw you didn't make your appointment. You know, when would you like to go ahead and schedule the next one? And it's obvious why they're doing this is because it's during Corona. They're a, they're a chiropractic office, so they're an in-person office. Probably have not been open. Uh, probably are not getting the customers they were getting before, and so they're feeling desperate. And so someone in the business, probably the owner, said, go back to all of our former customers who haven't been here in the last three months, give them a call, and let's get them back in the door. 
Not a bad idea. The problem, though, is Joy is thinking there's no way in hell I'm ever going back there again. And if you had called me three months ago, and if you had been interested in the problem that I experienced three months ago, maybe I would be still coming to your store today. See, a lot of times we don't give the time and space to really think about what's the customer experience I'm offering to someone. You know, we're so desperately chasing sale after sale after sale that as much as we would never say out loud that our customers are just numbers to us, that is absolutely the case for a multitude of businesses, especially the larger businesses. So getting back to the whole reason I started, I wanted to talk about this today is, you know, I've had a, I've had a couple of negative experiences. I've also talked to people who haven't done a good job of demonstrating this with their clientele. Uh, I've mentioned the story before of the guy who he had, a, he sold, he sold protein powder and a customer bought $300 worth of protein powder and then asked him to throw in a couple of extra plastic scoops and he was like, no, you're taking advantage of me. If you want extra scoops, it's going to be $12. And the customer was rightly offended. And it's like, dude, why would you not just throw those, throw those in? They cost you like 30 cents. But so I've been having situations like that. And I mentioned I was working with a certain tax company. And what's happened is my I have not received my stimulus check yet. And it's very annoying. It's very frustrating because I'm wondering, you know, I have this newborn. I'm thinking, is she even going to be included on it? I found out since then she's not. But we're just trying to figure this, this whole thing out. Well, what the latest we were told was if you had filed through a certain tax company online, uh, the payment information has been lost and so the government needs you to go online and choose the non-filer option and enter your direct deposit information, which seemed like a fine idea. Even though, even if you aren't a non-filer, even if you have filed, if you've used this company, you need to go through the non-filer option and, and give your payment information. So I get on there, I do that. That was about a week ago, which still haven't got my stimulus check. Well, so yesterday, I'm on this uh, tax company's website. I'm trying to file my taxes for this year, and I get an error message that says, we're sorry, you've already filed your taxes this year. And I'm thinking, no, I haven't. And so I get on a customer service chat thing, and I basically say, hey, you know, what's the deal here? And they go, did you by chance get on the government's website and do the non-filer option? I said, I did. And they said, well, unfortunately, that means that they're, they think you've already filed, which now prevents you from using our service to file, which is not their fault. I don't have a problem with that. The problem I had with it was I said, okay, well, if I can't use you guys, then I'd like a refund. Because literally about what the way this company works is you go through, you do your taxes at the very end of it, right before you file, they ask you to pay for the tax service you just used. So I had just spent $255 on the tax service that I was about to file. And then now I get the error saying I can't file. And now they're telling me you can't file, can't be done. And so I say, okay, well, please go ahead and refund me the $255 because obviously if I can't use you, there, there's no point in me having paid for it. 
And the person says, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And I'm like, uh, why can you not? And they say, basically, you know, I, first of all, I don't have the authority to refund, but also that payment it's through, it's done. You know, you're going to have to open a ticket, open a case to basically plead your case and get your money refunded. It's very anti Amazon, by the way, this would never happen at Amazon. But so I'm like, okay, I literally just paid it 20 minutes ago. It's still processing. This is ridiculous. You know, surely you can talk, you can direct me to someone and you guys are a major national company. You serve millions of people every year. Surely there's a way for you to go ahead and refund this, especially since you just told me that, um, I can't even, I can't even use this service. And she goes, I'm really sorry, um, but no, I can't refund it. Click this link and it'll take you to a page where you can open a ticket. So I click the link and it's this very impersonal page. It basically says, enter your name. And then it, there's a paragraph box where you type in, okay, what's, why do you want to refund? And then you click submit and then it gets sent off into the void basically. And I had asked this person, I said, how long do I need to wait to hear? And he said, it's going to be about six to seven days. So about a week. And there's no guarantees. You may not get refunded, but they'll, they'll let you know the outcome of your case. And I'm thinking what a terrible customer service experience that me, somebody who's used this service for a decade that I literally can't get someone who can see what the problem was. See, of course, why would we charge you for something that you can't use? Let's go ahead and get that refunded. And see, this is my problem with building raving fans is now I'm thinking about other companies. I'm thinking about other alternatives. Obviously, you know, my dollar is not valued here because I have to jump through hoops to get, get buyer justice, I guess. And these kind of things happen a lot in the business world. And it's, and, and again, it's not necessarily this, this customer service rep's fault. Cause again, she hasn't been given the opportunity to solve the problem, but I've just noticed that especially now during coronavirus, when things are hectic, they're stressful, people are nervous. I think that more companies are going to lose repeat buyers than they may even realize. Another great example of this, these PPP loans that are supposed to be given out to small business owners. It's amazing how many small business owners I've talked to who their bank, who they've banked with for years, has prioritized larger companies and larger businesses over them. And these people have told me, I've, I've banked here for a decade. I can guarantee you when all this is over, I'm finding a new bank. Because people don't feel valued. They don't feel taken care of. Contrast this with, I got to give a shout out to Arvest, a local bank here. My wife applied for a PPP loan. It was a small loan. Joy is not a customer of Arvest, but she wanted to see if she could, as, as, an, as an independent filer, or excuse me, as an independent uh, single member LLC owner, if she could qualify for this PPP loan because her students now, I mean, her job, basically it's, it's discretionary spending. I mean, people take extra money and spend it on her because she does uh, language tutoring. And so, you know, obviously isn't going to have, you know, people booming through the doors anymore. And Arvest applied her loan in relatively short span. I mean, it was about seven days again, 
and it was in her bank account. And again, she's never been a customer there. It was a small loan. They're not making any money on it. That to me communicates a level of value that people aren't getting elsewhere. All this to say, you know, now that I've ranted about certain businesses for a while, desperately become obsessed with giving your customers a level of, of service that communicates to them, Hey, you matter here. You're not a number here. You're an individual that I am so grateful. I have your business. You know, it's like whenever I I get a new client with good advice, I always send an introductory email that says, Hey, thanks for choosing good advice. Hey, here's what you can expect from us. And what I can tell you is it's not an automated email, although I'm sure some customers assume it is because that's how all businesses operate. You get an automated email, automated email. It's a literal, I write it right then I put the person's name in and I basically say, Hey, your dollar matters to me. Thank you for choosing me. Hey, your trust in me is something that I don't take lightly. It's not something that I'm willing to just abuse or ignore. But I want you to know that I cherish your investment in me, and we're going to make sure we resolve whatever issues your business is facing right now. I do that for every single person who works for me. And then when someone's done working with me, when our contract ends and there's, there's no reason for us to work together again, they get a similar message. Uh, and this is either in, in email, it's either through a handwritten note, it's a phone call, but it's basically, hey, thank you for choosing us. You could have chosen any number of alternatives. You chose us. I realize the intentionality behind that. And I want to tell you, thank you. Some people, you know, they, they'll just jump over it. They won't care at all. But for other people, I'm building my raving fans. That's what you should be doing too. be obsessed with building those raving fans because they're infinitely more profitable. They're infinitely more meaningful for your business than any other new customer, new hire, uh, or excuse me, new sale, what have you. Um, Especially now during coronavirus, now's a great time to establish your brand. Hey, that's all I got. Like I said, today's final Friday. We've wrapped up the week. I hope you had a great week. Hey, if you have not ever emailed me or introduced yourself, especially if you've been someone who you've been following the podcast for a while, shoot me an email, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. I'll promise I'll respond to you. Also, if you've enjoyed this podcast, definitely subscribe to it. If you enjoyed the episode, consider leaving us a five-star review. And if you're in our Northwest Arkansas area and this podcast has helped you and your business, I would love a Google review from you. Jump on Google, search good advice here in Northwest Arkansas, Fayetteville, Bentonville, Rogers. It'll show up for any of those locations and leave us a five-star review. Tell us that you enjoyed the podcast. Hey, I hope you have a great weekend. Stay rested and we'll get after it next week. See ya.